There's a reason why the judge in an American courtroom will have you place your right hand on the Bible and say, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? And the reason that they ask that question is because it's so easy to use a portion of the truth that really presents a different story. It's easy to leave out a portion of the truth that tells an entirely different story. And it's also possible to tell something other than the truth, i.e. a lie. And because life is nuanced, meaning every aspect of life has a different way of looking at it, like facets in a diamond, it's easy to use that nuance, that partial truth, that would be truth, but it's not quite nefariously. And that's what I want to talk about today on Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast, and I don't know if you've ever noticed it or not, but somebody can tell a partial truth, and what they're saying is actually true, but only to a certain extent. It's also partially true in that the rest of the story isn't known because they're only telling you a part of the truth. So for an example, if I took you to dinner and we went and ordered a giant supreme pizza and you came home and mom said, did you eat your vegetables? Well, a supreme pizza has tomatoes and it has black olives and it has bell peppers and it has onions. And so you could say, yeah, we had vegetables. And that statement would not be untrue, but also would only be a partial truth. You follow what I'm saying? I think you do. I think you're smart enough to understand what I'm saying. Here's the question, though. When it comes to society and culture, whether you're talking about our justice system or our political system or our media system, and yes, media is a system uh, with its own functioning ideologies and practices and behaviors and standard operating procedures. And while journalists compete for the attention, the eyeballs and the ears of the audience, they also seem to have an agenda to which they're driving, not just exposing the news, but it seems how many times have we seen over and over the media in all of its forms reproducing the same. In fact, it almost seems like they're scripted from one journalistic outlet to another. It's not like they've all written their own stories. They're all telling exactly the same story. In fact, if you've ever seen the little video where the tile pops up and they say, I think of the one that I've seen most commonly, this is very dangerous for our democracy. And that exact quote covers the gamut of some 70 outlets of media quote-unquote journalism. That's, that's a system. It's a system like an assembly line. It produces something in the end, and the question you have to ask yourself is, what is it producing? See, when we talk about nuance, the ability to cover only one aspect, to say, yes, we had vegetables, we had black olives and bell peppers and onions and tomatoes, oh my, uh, is not untrue. It's just not the whole truth. And it paints an intentionally nuanced picture of what's happening. It intentionally leaves out some details that might have caused you to make a different decision. Now, politicians have become very, very adept 
at the ability to say what they believe you want and need to hear, and to simultaneously leave out the things that, well, don't think they'll benefit them in the way that you vote, or the way that you donate, or the way that you behave in public, or the way that you act out, whether it's a protest, or it's a, a failure to participate in the election process, or the public debate. You know, if they feel like this doesn't really even need to go to vote, they'll wait till the end of the day before they put it in front of the Congress to make a decision on. Happens on a regular basis. We're going to ask for $40 billion to give away to another country, but we're not going to ask for it until, like, everybody's ready to go home. In fact, some people have already gone home, and then we'll just get the vote that we want to because we're playing to the room of who's actually in the room at the time that we ask for the vote. Yeah, so it's nuance. It's the manipulation of the partial facts. It's looking at life through the multiple facets of a diamond and knowing that not every angle looks exactly the same. Leaders are aware that life is nuanced and that that nuance can be used nefariously with impartial truths or intentional something other than truths, whatever you want to call those. But the reality is, as a leader, you better be very adept at reading not only the nuance itself, but the agenda behind the nuance and the other facets of the nuance because level upon level upon level, layer upon layer upon layer, these nuances have been manipulated into an augmented reality. Augmented reality. Nuance allows us to see subtle differences based on situations, based on circumstances. To be able to say that one person made that statement, or they may have said, get off my lawn. But it may have been a quote. They may have been quoting somebody else who said, get off my lawn. So to hold them responsible for saying, get off my lawn, when they don't even own a lawn, well, that could be a problem. And yet, when we see nuance used nefariously, that's exactly what happens. Quotes taken completely out of context. People arrested and detained for nuance manipulated. We see leaders struggle with this all the time in small business. In small business, it might look like that one employee who comes to you first to tell a portion of a story, a part of a story, their, their facet of the story, their aspect of the story, knowing that if you saw the whole story in its full light, you wouldn't have the same reaction as you will if they tell you their part of the story first. The OBBM Network is the premier voice for local business, and we take that responsibility seriously. The OBBM Network has everything you need to grow and transition your business for success on popular syndicated podcast networks, Roku and other video channels, and the OBBM Network app. We work for you, local business, and we've got your back. has it been since you've updated your brand or restocked your promotional items? The more often people see your company logos and taglines, the more often your company comes to mind. That top of mind thinking is exactly what grows businesses and generates revenues. So at Big Feet Creations, I've dedicated my time and talent for over 30 years designing and illustrating print and digital products that people love and remember. 
Now we're adding website design and audio video editing too. Call Big Feet Creations at 469-450-7350. I'm a big guy and I've taken big steps to help you grow big. Big Feet Creations, 469-450-7350. Call today, that's 469-450-7350. Now, I don't care what your business is. It's not just table servers who do the same thing. It may be pest control. It may be house construction. It may be movers. It may be your auto mechanic. It may be your lawn care people. It could be anybody. I don't care what industry you're in. If you have employees who work for you, they also understand, maybe even naively, but they understand nuance. They understand that if I tell you part of the truth, if I tell you only from my perspective, if I share the truth as it is only from my angle, then I have an advantage. I have the advantage of the perception that you only know what I told you. Good leaders never settle there. Good leaders continue to do the homework. They understand life is nuanced, and nuance can be used nefariously. They understand that life can be seen from multiple perspectives, also from multiple facets, like a diamond. The light shines from different angles, and every time it does, it refracts the light differently. As a good leader, you're going to take the time to do the homework. You're not only going to ask the questions of the person presenting you, well, is, is there a chance that your perception is skewed a little bit? Is there a chance that your perception is, well, favoring you and you alone? Is there a chance that your perception is a confirmation bias, that you only know what already suits your opinion because, well, that's a decision you've already made? A good leader is going to dig into those questions and ask them with sincerity, looking for answers and integrity. A lazy leader accepts the truth as it's presented. I really need you to hear that phrase. A lazy leader accepts the truth as it's presented. Not the truth in all of its fullness. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth but the truth as it's presented. Nuanced, manipulated. Nuance, used nefariously. Nuance as a way of saying, well, you don't really understand the whole thing. Now, I know that there was a quote, and I'm not even going to get into who or, or by when, but as I'm thinking through this concept of nuance, I remember a quote that was used for almost three years to batter the ideas of an individual, even to beat down the reputation of this individual, because the quote that they used, if you take the quote out of the context of the purpose of the quote, the quote itself was, well, was just straight up obnoxious. What was said was, what well, was foul. Not profane necessarily, but it was, it was the kind of thought that you would, you would look at yourself and if you said it yourself, you'd be like, why did I really just, why, why would I even think like that? But see, the purpose of the quote wasn't about the quote. The purpose of the quote was exactly what I'm talking about today. The fact that there are those who live in that nefarious use of the nuance to such a degree that their confirmation bias allows them to hear what they want to hear from the person who said it. And if they said, we had vegetables for lunch, 
their immediate response would be, oh my gosh, they're lying. They went to Pizza Hut. There are no vegetables at Pizza Hut. That's how extreme their reaction would be to a truth told in part. And then there are others who would say, in hearing the same report, we had vegetables for lunch. Well, I don't care if they went to Pizza Hut. If they said they had vegetables, they probably had the best vegetables ever. They had more vegetables than you could have ever had anywhere else in the world. You couldn't go to Super Salad and have more vegetables than they had. Because they said they had vegetables, that's all there is to it. You see how that nuance married together with confirmation bias can lead you to believe and behave in ways that are far, far separate from actual truth. That's what polarization does in communication. That's what polarization does in societies and cultures. And the media has been very busy about the business of polarization, at least for the last decade, doing a very good job of sorting people by the use of nuance into categories where they can very quickly say, well, if I say this, this group's going to say that. And if I say the same thing to this group, they're going to think that. And if I can drive a deeper wedge between them, then I can get them fighting each other. And as long as they're fighting each other, they're not paying any attention to what I'm doing. You know, if you've ever watched two cats fighting, somebody trying to break up two cats, two cats fighting, if you throw cold water on them, most of the time, 90% of the time, they will run in opposite directions. Not because the fight is over, not because the problem has been solved, but because suddenly it appears they have a bigger enemy than they had to begin with. You're no longer my problem. It's not me and this other cat. It's me and whoever's got the water bucket, and I don't like it. Sometimes it takes a hose instead of a bucket. But most of the time, when they feel like there's an outside threat larger than themselves, they will turn together or turn tail and run. They will leave that problem. It's the person who has some other agenda who is served well by the nuance use of manipulation to use the nuance to manipulate the truth to hide the actual truth behind portions of the truth and well, things that are not truth in order to cause divisions so that you're busy distracted and not focused on what you're supposed to be doing it happens in every level of organization it happens in families, it happens in small companies, it happens in large companies, it happens in geopolitical problems as well. Wag the dog, don't watch this hand, the closer you look the less you see. It's an all nuance and it's nuance used nefariously. Good leaders learn to suss that out, to be suspect of every manipulation of nuance and ask the genuine hard questions and demand integrity for their answers.
Hi, welcome to Heroes in Action. I'm Ray Amanat, founder and creator of this training system. I originally made it so that everyone can train for free. We have programs for kids, for women, families, and businesses. I'm an author, speaker, and educator on everything that has to do with violence and bullying prevention education. If you'd like more information about who we are and what our programs are, please go to our website at heroesinaction.us or give me a call if you have any questions at 727-314-2534. We hope to see you here to train. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And one of the things that I notice as I participate in each of these events, whether it's a wedding or yesterday at the cystic fibrosis event, or it's a school graduation, or it's a prom or a high school event, every time there are people around, uh, there are these little encapsulated moments of time. Moments. Let's just call them moments. Well, yesterday, my son had just put a new chain and sprocket on his motorcycle and had to take it for a test drive. He drove it to work and back. That seemed to be fine. We wanted to get it out on the highway for, you know, 10 miles or so and see how it rode. But he's got a small bike and I'm not a small guy and neither is he. So we decided to both take our motorcycles out. We both rolled them out of the garage and we cranked them up and we took off down the highway riding in the same lane when, well, blowing across our helmets because we don't go without a helmet. But we only went 10 miles. We sat down at Dairy Queen and we had a blizzard together and, and had a little conversation and shared videos back and forth on our social media that we were watching independently. And it was just a moment, just a moment, a flash out of all of time, a moment. Here's the point that I want to make, though. It's so easy with our busy, busy lives with everything that's going on, with all the work that we have to do and the distractions in the media, the distractions in the world, all of the things going on around us, I mean, the attempts at global governance, the, the changes in our monetary policy, the changes in our immigration policy, the changes in abortion policy, all of these things, they vie for our time and our attention. They drag on us to, to pay attention to more than we can even process, <clears throat> more than we can handle. Weapons of mass distraction, I call them. But the antidote to those weapons of mass distraction are moments. Like that moment of the father-daughter dance at a wedding. Of all of the years, of all of the time, this is a moment that they will both recall long into their older days. And a moment that has been building up from that little girl's birth. Daddy's been watching her grow. Daddy's been watching her date. Daddy's had his arguments with her and probably heard at least one time, I hate you, you're stupid, you don't know anything. Because that seems to be the course of maturity for teenage girls. I don't know why, it just is. But all of that has culminated into this glimpse of time, this flash in the pan, this Three minutes tops. I've never seen a father-daughter dance longer than three minutes unless it's a montage, but most of them are a minute and a half. 90 seconds. 90 seconds of a father-daughter dance. 90 seconds of a mother-son dance. Two minutes to cut the cake. Uh, these are moments that we capture on video. We capture on photo. We, we capture in our memories. Everybody around has a cell phone, and, and everybody wants to see them happen. And yet, sometimes, 
We don't plan those moments intentionally. I mean, they're intuitive. When it's happening, you know it's happening. <laughs> when the moment is, is there and the emotions are high and the connection is deep and, and you know it's fleeting and you know it's going to go away, but you know it's there. But we're not intentional about them. We don't cause them. We don't create them. We sometimes see those moments as a speed bump. Rather than seeing those moments in our leadership as an opportunity to engage on a deeper level, to, to go a little bit more intentionally into the conversation. See, we, we missed the moment yesterday. There was kind of the, the classic look with his little crotch rocket motorcycle and my enormous cruiser parked next to each other in the same space in front of the Dairy Queen sign. There was kind of a coming of age for the for the two of us to say, He's all grown up and, you know, now dad and father and son are doing something totally different together than we've ever done before. That was the first. That was our inaugural ride together where we both went down the highway on a motorcycle in the same lane, but on separate bikes. That was the first time that had never happened before. And while we captured the moment in conversation and we chatted about it and mom was there with us and we, we had a good time for the whatever 20 minutes it takes to eat a blizzard, what we didn't do was snap a picture. We didn't get a picture of the bikes together. We didn't get a picture of the two of us together. We went across the street and filled up with gas and he went on home and I went on home and that was the end of it. A moment. Just a moment. But how many moments in time do we have with a potential employee or a, a new hire? With someone who's about to retire or someone who's had a bad day? How many moments do we as leaders let slip by where we don't capture with intentionality the opportunity to build a deeper relationship. We don't take the time to listen deeply, to hear everything that's being said and everything that's not, to read the body language, the facial expressions, the tone and the voice. How often do we let those little things slip by, those moments that they might be 90 seconds, they might be three minutes, they might be 30 minutes, it might be a day. But you might look back and say, I wish I had written it down in my diary, made note of it on a, on a sticky note on my desk so that I could recall it in a further conversation. I wish I'd said that because I failed to or I forgot to or I just didn't think to at the time. See, we, we live our life in moments. Sure, we have a plan. Of course, we have goals, right? We know what those goals are, and if we're smart, we've written them down, and we know that we're working every day to achieve those goals. That, that's everybody in leadership, right? Maybe not. But see, it's, it's not those goals and the goals being accomplished and the progress toward the goals. That's not really what we're going to remember as we come close to the end. Sure, some of those goals will be you know, financial goals, whether it be the obtaining of a house or a company or a car or whatever. That's fine. But at the end of our life, those things aren't going with us and those things won't be recounted by everybody else. It will be the moments. It will be the, the moments like at the toast at a wedding when they say, I remember when she and I used to, or he and I once got in trouble for, or how when they look at each other, you can hear the emotion. See, those, those moments we have to make note of. Those moments we have to be very intentional about. We have to be engaged in them, not just aware that they're happening, but participating in them, not looking at them from a distance, from our own eyes, but instead living in those moments and living in them intentionally. Intuitively, you will react. Intuitively, 
when the emotional sense is there, you'll engage in that to some degree. Intuitively, when someone says something sweet, you'll say thank you. And when they challenge you or prod you or joke with you, you'll respond with a little bit of a laugh. But if there's a difference between intuitive and intentional, it's how committed are you to the moment, to right now. Leaders know that these moments are fleeting and you've got to be intentional, not just intuitive in those moments. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.